0: The reality hit me that this pursuit of my passion, quote unquote, that everyone says, that isn't always the case because there's more to your life than just what you do for a living.
1: You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of how to be a financial grown-up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're gonna get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. How many of you have been told, follow your dreams, the money will come, just trust in yourself? In most cases, you were lied to. Former struggling actress turned millennial finance expert Stephanie O'Connell is here to set you straight. She is also the author of The Broken and the Beautiful book and she also has a thriving community over at her website stephanieoconnell.com. I love her story because it will put you on a path to prosperity and hopefully more happiness doing what you really are passionate about when you're not earning money. Here is Stephanie O'Connell. Stephanie O'Connell, author of The Broke and Beautiful Life and Millennial Money Expert. You are a financial grown up and welcome to the program.
0: Thank you for having me, Bobby.
1: I want to congratulate you on your new venture, All In. Tell us about it.
0: Oh, it is a course specifically designed for millennial women who want to feel as confident with their money as they do in the rest of their lives. So I know too many women who are really successful in their careers, really successful in their personal relationships and all these different facets of their lifestyle. But when it comes to their money, they feel really out of control. So I built this 10 module step-by-step blueprint to help those ambitious women match their cash confidence with their lifestyle ambitions.
1: Perfect. And we will put a link to where you can find out more in the show notes. And I want to get right to your story because it's so relatable and it's something that is so relevant to young people figuring out where they want to put their energy and where they want to earn their money. Tell us your money story, Miss Stephanie.
0: Okay. I'm going to try to keep it concise here. <laughs> because it's been a bit of a journey. But essentially, it started uh, in college. And when I decided I was going to pursue acting professionally. Now I did get a degree in psychology as well as like my backup plan, my responsible quote unquote backup plan. But I, like the plan was to be a professional actress. And believe it or not, I was I actually was for seven years a professional actress. But it was extremely difficult, primarily because I worked in theater, not film. So the payday are not <laughs> the same. I also graduated in 2008, which was the year of the recession. So even though I got a great job right out of school on like a dream tour of Asia, understudying one of my professional musical theater idols, the producers flew out that halfway through the tour. And they were like, Oh, you know, there was a global recession, we're going to send you all home. So I'm like, just like that. Genu-
1: yeah, just like that.
0: <laughs> so my bubble just gave.
1: So you basically got laid off in the middle of the world in the middle
0: of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. As a actress, which is like the most, it's the first thing to go, right? Like entertainment budget, uh, especially for something like live theater, that's really expensive is the first thing people cut out. So the industry was really in bad shape. And the first job offer I got after that was uh, to play three leading roles in three musicals for $225 a week. And I was like, Uh, okay, that is not sustainable. Yeah. Um, This is my profession and how I support myself. So I had to turn it down. And, you know, for the next five or six years after that, I, I kept coming up against this reality of, okay, I'm doing what I love, but it's not paying the bills. It's not sustainable. It's not consistent when I do get work. You know, it's a huge win if I'm making five hundred dollars a week. I live in New York City. That is not enough money to sustain a, and, even a very basic lifestyle. Yeah, how were,
1: how were you living? Did you have roommates? What was going on there? Oh yeah, <laughs> so I've always had roommates. Um, I've
0: never not had roommates. So I'm thirty-one years old, including now. Including now, I, I live with my boyfriend now, so it's a, a little bit. That's but, a good kind of roommate. Uh, Yeah, it's a better kind of roommate situation. (laughs) And then I also sublet my apartment a lot. So one of the things about being an actor is I was on the road a lot, so I was able to sublet my apartment so I didn't have the expense of rent, which was a savior for me. So even if I wasn't making like a ton of money, maybe two, three hundred dollars a week, if I didn't have a fifteen hundred dollar a month cost of rent, that made it a lot more sustainable to pursue it. That said, I would come home at the end of my contracts and still need to pay my rent. So, you know, it just didn't work. The numbers didn't add up. And so what happened for me was there was just this huge sense of frustration. And the reality hit me that this pursuit of my passion, quote unquote, that everyone says, like, if you do that, everything will work itself out just like that isn't always the case when it comes to your money, because there's more to your life than just what you do for a living. There are the goals you have, there are the trips you want to take, there are the weddings you want to have, there are the children and family you want to start, there's a house you want to buy, and that costs money. And I had this realization that if I continued doing what I was doing, I was never going to create enough capital through acting through this pursuit of my passion to do all these things that I cared about in the rest of my life. And so I really started digging into personal finance, because I wanted to understand, okay, how do I take the little money I have and maximize it? And then step two, how do I bring more in so that I have more to maximize? And that really set me on this journey of personal transformation to owning my own, you know, cash confidence, as I like to call it through, you know, tracking my spending, through earning more, through learning to invest, through saving, and tracking that all on my blog at StephanieOConnell.com and then finding a community of other people in similar situations, millennials working through the recession, who were really taught to do what they love and are kind of facing this reality of, well, what if that doesn't pay the bills? And how do I still build a lifestyle I love, even if it's not necessarily the way I thought it was gonna look like?
1: Do you feel that you and a lot of millennials were kind of sold this fairy tale that if you follow your passion, it will the bunny will come? Absolutely.
0: I think there are two big fairy tales, that one. And then the second one is if you get a college degree, you're set for life. Uh, because I think, you know, for my parents, for example, you know, they graduated college. They, they did get their... MBAs, but from there, it was smooth sailing, right from graduation to retirement. There was great salaries. There were income increases. There was health care. There was retirement benefits. Like, I've never had any of those things. I've never had employer-sponsored health care. I've never had a 401k plan. So, like, it's so much more, even if you're not necessarily pursuing your passion, even if you're just trying to make a living, for so many young people today, there isn't that inbuilt infrastructure that takes your hand and paves the way for you from graduation to retirement so much of the onus now is on the individual and that's why i really started uh writing about this stuff because i found that so much of the personal finance space was like contribute to your 401k and meanwhile i'm surrounded by people who've never even had the opportunity to have access to a 401k so that's that's why i (laughs) write about what i write
1: about All right. So you are 31 years old now. What is the lesson from that journey for our listeners?
0: Yeah. So for me, the biggest lesson is that you are the primary driver of your own income potential. You know, I think we had this idea that our degree or our experience or our skills or our lack of any of those things is what dictates what opportunities are available to us. But the reality is It's us. It's our willingness to continue putting ourselves out there, building our skill sets, finding new market opportunities, and really putting ourselves in the driver's seat of our own earning potential that really leads to maximal income growth. And I think it's so important because we too often make excuses for ourselves for why a six-figure salary is not available to us or why a $1 million net worth is not available to us. And we have to reclaim ownership of those things before we can start making progress actually achieving them.
1: And it may not be in the glam career that you envision that may be a side thing. Yeah.
0: And the other thing is like, I think there's this all or nothing mentality that's really destructive. You know, I'm not professionally acting anymore, but I love what I do. And one of the big things I do is I give talks, I go on camera a lot, I do a lot of media appearances. And I feel like I get to use that skill set from acting that I so enjoyed performance all the time, but now I get paid 10, 20, 30 times what I used to make. But the fact is I would have never found this outlet if I had never pivoted temporarily to something a little less glamorous like freelance writing and blogging about money, right? So we have to remember that it's not like you're abandoning this thing forever, it's just about trying a new approach so that you can have a lifestyle you love and not just a career you love.
1: Give us a money tip, something specific and actionable that everyone can do right now. Okay, so this
0: one is a little bit more simple, a really quick win that you we can love start right now. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of shopping online. I personally do most of my shopping online because anytime I walk into a retail environment, it's like a 20-minute wait. It drives me crazy. So one of the ways I save I they have... Different ways of doing my shopping. So I will sometimes go through an online cash back portal like an eBates where if you go through their portal first and then select the retailer, you can get, you know, one or two or three or four percent cash back on all of your purchases. And then also downloading a browser extension like Honey that automatically searches for coupons and promo codes for you and applies them to your order without you even having to like go open up 20 tabs and search for promo codes. Uh, And then you can stack your savings even further by using a cashback credit card. So, uh, you know, if you get 1% or 2% cashback on all purchases on your credit card, plus the promo code, plus the cashback from shopping through something like Ebates, you're really stacking your savings for immediate wins on all your purchases.
1: Excellent advice. Stephanie O'Connell, millennial money expert. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, friends, here is my take on what Stephanie had to say. Financial grown-up tip number one, detach your passion from your income. We all spend a lot of time at our paying jobs and businesses, so obviously you don't wanna pick something that you don't like and you can't stand. You wanna be happy, you're putting a lot of time in there, but that may not be your passion. Focus on earning the income you need to be happy in life and maybe pursue that passion on the side. It could be a side hustle, it could just be a hobby, take the pressure off trying to earn a living at your passion. You may actually find yourself enjoying it more without the pressure to create income from that passion. Financial grown-up tip number two, don't sit on your laurels just because you got a college degree. It matters a lot, but for the most part, after your first job, it's gonna come down to you and how hard and how smart you work. As Stephanie said so well, you have to have ownership of your own future. Don't just show up at your job really show up, be present, try hard, do extra things that are beyond the exact job duties, impress your boss, learn new skills. A degree is only one piece of the puzzle. You have to fill in the rest by earning it. All right. Thank you all for your support of the podcast. I love hearing your feedback and I truly appreciate everyone who has subscribed, rated, reviewed, and shared the podcast. Please also follow me on social media. I'm at Bobby Rebel on Twitter at Bobby Rebell One on Instagram, and of course, go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, so I can keep you posted on everything going on with the show. I hope you enjoyed Stephanie O'Connell's story and her advice. I think she's terrific. Check out her website as I said, StephanieO'Connell.com, and I hope we all got one step closer to being financial grown ups.